Welcome to the Off the Beaten Career Path podcast. I'm your host, Katie Myers. Here you will find the inspiration, strategies, and tactics needed to reach the next level and beyond in your small business and career. Thanks for joining us and get ready to put these ideas to work for you. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today we have a very, very special guest. I am beyond excited to be meeting with her today. Her name is Rebecca Chobot, and she is the creator behind Dollar Tree Dinners on TikTok. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being a part of the podcast. I am such a huge fan of what you're doing. If you are unfamiliar with Rebecca's channel, I'll let her explain it in a moment. But the short story is that she creates dinners from ingredients all from the Dollar Tree, which is so intriguing, and your recipes are amazing. So can you share with our listeners a little bit more about what your channel is all about? Yeah. So, I mean, that basically encompasses it. I do a lot of Dollar Tree cooking content, usually very budget-friendly content. I've even gone so far as to create a lot of different holiday dinners using only Dollar Tree ingredients. I've done a Christmas dinner, a Mother's Day brunch, even a Fourth of July dinner most recently. So I usually try to stay within about a $10 budget for a complete dinner for a family of four or a $20 budget for any sort of a holiday or date night dinner. Most of the ingredients are purchased at Dollar Tree. I am recently starting to branch out into some other dollar store content. Currently, I'm doing a Dollar General series where I did $35 eating for a week for from Dollar General. Yeah, and I saw that. And I don't know if I heard this on your channel or another one, but that Dollar General is one of the fastest growing franchise stores in America. They're popping up everywhere. Yeah, they have 19,000 nationwide locations. Uh, Dollar Tree is right behind that at about 16,000. But the Dollar Tree brand encompasses both Dollar Tree and Family Dollar. But Dollar General is just Dollar General. So that $19,000 figure is quite steep when you consider the fact that it's just one store versus Dollar Tree, which is two stores technically. Oh, yeah. That's fascinating. So why Dollar Tree Dinners? What drove you to want to create um, this kind of content? <laughs> so back in like 2020, my boyfriend was in the Navy and he used to go to work every morning at five o'clock in the morning. And I liked getting up with him making breakfast and coffee and packing his lunch. And I found myself having a couple of hours before my job started at 8.30. And I ended up watching a lot of people who did various cooking channels, especially budget cooking. And I stumbled across a few content creators who were making Dollar Tree cooking content on YouTube. I was floored at what kind of inventory their Dollar Tree had, what kind of food options they had. I had never really considered it as a resource for groceries. So I visited my Dollar Tree and I saw all of the same items that I was seeing on YouTube. And I think it just it just threw me for a loop. And my boyfriend came home and I was like, I want to start a Dollar Tree cooking channel. And he was he was like, OK, give me a little more information on what you're thinking. And so I did. And he was like, that sounds really cool. You should totally do it. That's awesome. Well, it's good to have encouragement. Since the podcast is about careers, I definitely want to visit what you've done previously in your professional career and what your aspirations are with your content creation. Yeah. So currently I'm working as a mortgage processor and I've been doing that for eight years, but I am making the transition into pursuing TikTok and YouTube and social media full time. It's an opportunity that I never really would have foreseen. I didn't ever anticipate my career path changing. 
the the mortgage industry in the past like couple of years has changed so drastically. Interest rates have just been all over the place and there have been a lot of layoffs in my job and my position. I'm not doing it because of that, but the job security is drastically changing day to day. So I, I think that it was just an opportune moment that my platform started to grow at a time when my career was uncertain. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing my career is in the insurance industry. So I work closely with a lot of people in the mortgage industry and I've seen a lot of downsizing. So might be just a sign from the universe that it's time to jump into the content creation. So is the Dollar Tree din- dinners, is that your first experience with content creation or have you done content creation in the past? So interestingly enough, I have been trying to grow my YouTube platform for the entire length of the time that I've been at my job, which is eight years. Originally, my channel started out as a personal finance budgeting channel, and then it kind of delved more into like eating and cooking and things like that. And then the Dollar Tree. So I I have pretty much erased all of my past content to just be the Dollar Tree dinners. My YouTube channel started eight years ago, and it just kind of took off this year. Wow, that's incredible. So everybody needs to hang on if you're not getting a lot of traction with the content creation. What do you think it was that really launched you from creating content for so many years without blowing up to really blowing up? What was it that did that? It was TikTok. It was TikTok 100%. So The story was that, you know, I was making these Dollar Tree dinners, cooking content on YouTube, and I wasn't as consistent with it as I probably should have been at the time. And I did that for about a year. And I just found myself personally watching a lot more short format videos than long format videos. And so one day I was like, I think it'd be cool to try something new. I've been doing this for a year. Let me try to film a vertical video. Let me try to do a short. And I filmed it, I edited it, and then I realized that it was like three minutes long and it was too long to be a YouTube short. So my boyfriend was like, why don't you try uploading it to TikTok and just see, you know, what happens with that. So went on TikTok, made my Dollar Tree dinners handle, created a whole new account, uploaded that video. That first video I uploaded got like 5,000 views, which was way more than any of my YouTube videos had ever gotten. And my third video on TikTok went viral. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, with, within my first month of being on TikTok, I had over 100,000 followers on TikTok. And, wow. you know, I did TikTok for a while. I was still kind of making YouTube content, but mostly had gravitated my focus towards TikTok. And then I wanted to pursue the long format videos again. So I kind of started cross promoting my YouTube platform on my TikTok channel where I already had a good following. And then from there, I was able to grow my YouTube platform more. Wow, that's incredible. So I'm super fascinated about the business of content creation. And you coming from a more corporate job working for what I imagine is a a large business. How has that transition been in learning the business of content creation? I I have no way of speaking about that because I'm a day by day kind of person and I don't really run my content like a business. You and I have talked about this in email, but I don't really take sponsorship offers. I rely solely on the views and the ad revenue that I get from YouTube and the content creator fund from TikTok. I do currently have one 
recurring sponsor, and that is Martha White slash Hungry Jack brand. So they do sponsor one video a month on my channel, but I I don't really have a business background and I'm not really interested in being a salesperson or having my channel be advertisers. So I'm very choosy about what I pick as far as sponsorships go. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I, I find most interesting about you because you have a million followers on TikTok, which is incredible. Congratulations on hitting that mark. And how many followers do you have on YouTube? Currently about 62,000. Wow. I'm not as familiar with YouTube, but I probably spend uh, way too much time on TikTok. One of the things that I've really noticed is there's a lot of creators with much less followers than you that have tons of sponsorship. It's everything is a commercial. And I really, really appreciate that about your channel is that it's not a constant commercial. As your business and content creation grows, do you see yourself doing more sponsorships or are you waiting for like the right aligned brands? I only want to accept partnerships that integrate into my content fluidly and already align with what I do and what I make. I don't really have interest in promoting brands that aren't already like food that I can buy at Dollar Tree basically because my basis for my platform is about being in a food desert, having limited transportation, only having access to Dollar Trees and Dollar Stores. And I don't feel like it's transparent or good for me as a creator to veer away from that for the sake of a sponsorship, to take a sponsorship that doesn't already just fit into what I do and the message that I try to send just for the sake of accepting a sponsor. I love that. I think that shows your integrity and that's a great way to to grow your following. I know I've heard this asked of you in other interviews that I've seen. There's still no partnership with Dollar Tree. We're all waiting for it. Nope. <laughs> still no. They don't I, I always make this joke. They don't even send me a gift basket, you know. <laughs> they've commented on a couple of my videos, but they've never reached out to me. They've never sponsored any of my videos. I do what I do because I believe in how helpful it is to someone on a budget, not because I'm backed by Dollar Tree or paid by Dollar Tree in any sort of way. I grew up in a very rural part of Wisconsin where the town where I grew up, it's still a 30 minute drive to get to a Dollar Tree. Like it's even hard to get to Dollar Tree. So I really appreciate the concept that you're doing because there's so many people that don't have access to the low price grocery stores, like even an Aldi or a Walmart. Dollar Tree is the only option in a lot of communities. Yeah, and even the area that I live in, I do live in kind of a rural part of Virginia, and I have a grocery store here. In Wisconsin, I don't know what kinds of stores you have outside of the kind of Walmart, Aldi, dollar stores, but we have a store here called Food Lion, and it's a really common brand down in the southeast here. But beyond that, I have Dollar General and Dollar Tree, and of the three, Dollar Tree is the cheapest, Dollar General would be second, and Food Lion would be third. So it's not a low-cost grocery store, it's kind of a median-cost grocery store, but if I really wanted to save, I would have to drive much, much further into the city. One of the other things I've noticed about your channel that I really appreciate is that you have worked really hard to come up with content like Dollar Tree meals that are appropriate for people who are diabetic or gluten-free or other dietary needs. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and, and how your listeners are, are reacting to that or followers? Well, I'm in a unique position because I, I have 
pursue this Dollar Tree cooking content and I try to make budget friendly meals and I do get comments pretty regularly from people who feel excluded because they have a dietary constraint because they have an allergy and so many cooking content is just geared towards the kind of average individual. So I feel like it's part of my mission to show that it can be inclusive, that even somebody with gluten intolerance, even someone with a dairy allergy, or even somebody with something like diabetes can still eat on a budget with some kind of creative choices. It might not have as much variety in their diet as say someone without those constraints, but I do like to show that it is possible to do that and still, you know, work within these parameters. I think that's super valuable. And I really appreciate that you do that because there are so many people that trouble struggle with the food insecurity, but on top of that, they can't eat the food that is available. And speaking of that, I have noticed on your channel too, that you've done some content with a local food pantry. Can you tell me more about that? That's part of, you know, me wanting to transition into doing this full time as I do want to work and volunteer more with this food pantry near me um, to be able to give back to them and help them grow with their you know, donations that they do. So it's called Love Thy Neighbor Food Pantry. It's located here in King George, Virginia. And I started working with the director because I want to be able to help people understand what food pantrying, what they're needing, to also be able to show people how to be creative with those kinds of ingredients that they get. This is a unique food pantry in that you grab a shopping cart, you go down aisles, you shop for what you need, and they don't really put any limits or restrictions on things except for like fresh meat. So, well, frozen meat, but they, I I have spoken with them on several occasions and a lot of people who get food from food pantries and food banks are just kind of handed a box of random ingredients and they have to create meals out of that or figure out how to use that. So I kind of work with them in that guideline where they are going to start putting together a box of ingredients for me that I can then take home, create some meals with, and then I can take the proceeds from those videos and donate them back to help them grow. Oh, that is such an incredible way to partner with them. I absolutely love that, Rebecca. Thank you. So what what have you learned through that experience? Like what can people do who do rely on food pantries to, to stretch the food and make it work for them? I I want to start doing like food pantry meets Dollar Tree specifically where, you know, I get ingredients from this food pantry and then maybe I supplement it with a few things that I either purchase a Dollar General or Dollar Tree, these kinds of really easy to access stores, even things like eggs and stuff like that can help work into some meals really easily. So I ideally would like to be able to use the food pantry as a means to show people who shop at Dollar Tree and Dollar General how to integrate potentially fresh produce in an area where fresh produce is expensive or limited. Absolutely. What's the feedback you've gotten from your followers? Like, what have people told you about what your content means to them? Because I'm sure it's it's impacting a lot of people in a really positive way. It does. And I think that You know, there is a stigma around shopping at dollar stores and Dollar General, Dollar Tree and things like that. And I'm trying to help reduce that stigma or normalize that everybody's situation is unique. So I get messages and comments all the time from people telling me how my content alone has helped them to feed themselves or their families or to take advantage of stores that they may have otherwise not really known about or looked at. 
and they look at things differently now. And I think it has helped a lot of people because I, I actually know it helps a lot of people because I get the messages and the comments telling me what a difference it has made. It's it's huge. And I think especially right now with how inflation is going, I am fortunately now in a position where I can afford whatever groceries I, I need to buy for my family. But 10 years ago, if my weekly shopping, there was no way we couldn't exceed $60. We weren't in a position where we we qualified to go to a food pantry or food stamps or anything, but the budget was $60. And I fed our family of five on $60 and couldn't go above it. And I've noticed my grocery bill has just skyrocketed in the last, you know, six, nine months as things have gotten out of hand. So I think that that your content is coming in at a time when it's just so critical that people learn how to stretch their food dollars. Yeah. And a lot of what I do, I I have kind of these inner inner thoughts about what I do and why it's helpful. If I go to a Walmart, I can buy the ingredients to make two to three meals and it'll still cost me about $100 to walk out the door every single time without fail. And I have moments when that happens that really reminds me of what I do and why I do it because I can't even imagine how difficult it can be. Like where you mentioned where you were in a position or you made too much money to qualify for food assistance, but you don't make enough money to feed yourself or your family with flexibility. I think that that's why my content has garnered so much interest recently is because I kind of help that middle ground, that individual who makes too much but doesn't have enough. I've seen a lot of talk too recently in like some of the mom Facebook groups and, and other places that everyone was getting these COVID benefits for their food stamps and it was huge. And now they've all cut it like drastically, like five, $600 were cut out of their, their benefits. And so people are really having to, to make an adjustment. And that's a hard thing to do, especially when you have a family to feed, or even if you just have yourself to feed, it's, we all got to eat. Yeah, so supplements are being cut back drastically and food prices have more than doubled. It's a really hard position to be in and everything's just gotten so expensive. Everything. I can go, like we we travel occasionally for these conventions that we attend as a vendor. And if we go to McDonald's and get two breakfast combos, it costs me $24. Like McDonald's costs $24. So if I can show somebody how that $24 could feed them for even four to five days, that's still a, a big difference from just being able to eat twice at McDonald's. That's a great segue into the next question I had for you. You recently did videos, your boyfriend and you had gone to an event where you do the vending and you talked about how you try and get hotel rooms with a kitchen and how you bring along your food and showed how you prepared that. Can you tell me more about that and how that's made traveling easier for you? Yeah. So actually I have a couple of different scenarios that I work with when we're traveling. So it depends on how much time I have. Time is my most limited factor on the weekends that we're vendors at these events because the events are 10 to 12 hour days. And unless I have time to go to the grocery store beforehand, or unless I have room in the car to transport these, you know, because I don't always have room for a cooler or anything like that. Usually my best option is to book a hotel with a kitchen. And hotels with kitchens surprisingly are the same price, if not cheaper than their non-kitchen counterparts, because they're considered long-term stay hotels. Usually I gravitate towards like residence inns, basically. 
and the rooms are just the same price, if not cheaper, because they're usually in areas that are a little bit further out from the city, basically. And I will go to the grocery store, I'll get what I need for breakfast, for lunches, for dinners, I'll get coffees, I'll get sodas. And it still works out to be cheaper than it would be to get fast food three times a day or to eat at the convention centers, which price gouge like crazy. So there, there is no limits to the lengths that I will yeah. go to save money on food, basically, even when I'm on the road. Yeah, no kidding. We travel quite a bit. I have three children and we recent we went on a trip down to Alabama. It was about a 12-hour drive. So I packed a cooler of snacks so that we weren't spending 40 bucks every time we stopped at a gas station on snacks. But one thing I learned, I don't know if you have these out in Virginia, but do you guys have Drury in? No, I don't I don't think so. They're very prevalent in the South. There's a few in Illinois, but they're usually South of there. And what I learned, just travel tip, is that was the first time we stayed at one. And they offer a continental breakfast, which is always mm-hmm. when we're on the road, we got to have that for, for our family to eat. It takes saves a lot of money. And then Drurians also offer a continental dinner. Oh, that's amazing. It's awesome. And it's inexpensive. It was very cheap. It was just as much as it would have cost me to go to some other hotel. And their continental dinner was amazing. They had like baked potatoes and hot dogs and nachos and like anything you could want. So definitely check those out if you're doing a show in the South. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that. Do you know which umbrella they're under? Because there's like Holiday Inn and Marriott and things like that. You know, I'm not sure. I almost want to think that maybe they're independent because I know we're Holiday Inn members and and they've never shown up on the list when I go to book for the Holiday Inn. So, yeah, because I try to always like be in certain like hotel like membership groups and stuff like that. I've never heard of that one. So what other content are you hoping to grow into as as you keep growing your content creation? What else do you want to do? So aside from the practical content that I do make, where I do the budget cooking videos and things like that, I want to branch out and do some more fun things too. I have this idea in my head that's Dollar Tree dinners versus viral recipes, where I try to recreate viral content with only Dollar Tree ingredients. Like I have this video that I'm, I'm, I get stuck on certain things and I have this video in my head where it's like, I take like four different versions of like pumpkin spice something or other. Like I've got some bookmarks, pumpkin spice, like cream cheese muffins, pumpkin spice cold brew. And I want to go to Dollar Tree and try to as accurately as possible recreate some of those recipes using only Dollar Tree ingredients. Oh, I love that. I'm not going to create content doing it, but I recreate a lot of your recipes with like groceries from the regular grocery store. My family Mm kind of, I'm like, I love this Dollar Tree dinners, girl. I'm going to do some of these recipes. And they're like, we're going to eat at the Dollar Tree. I was like, we don't have to, but I've recreated a lot of your recipes with, with other ingredients. I think you do a phenomenal job of just creating really simple, basic, hearty, good recipes. Thank you. And a lot of the reasons, particularly that I use Dollar Tree, is that dollar twenty-five kind of flat rate pricing structure. So I know that if I can make a meal for like say five to ten dollars, then someone in New York or someone in California, where the cost of living is higher, where groceries are more expensive, they can also go into a Dollar Tree and make the same meal for the same price, no matter where they live. Versus if I were to go to Walmart, where prices are going to vary state by state and city by city. But I would say that probably 70 to 75% of my followers don't do their primary shopping at Dollar Tree. I just, I'm able to simplify things because 
I'm using Dollar Tree ingredients. So I don't have access to things like a pack of chicken breasts. I have access to a can of chicken or something like that. It just makes things easier for people. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if this is just starting to roll out across the country or just it's just coming to our area, but the Dollar Tree Plus sections are just starting to pop up. My, my last trip to the Dollar Tree, I was blown away. It was my first time seeing it. Have those been around for a while by you? I've heard you mention them on your channel. Yeah, I just mentioned them recently. My particular Dollar Tree that I shop at does not have a plus section yet. Again, I'm kind of in a rural area. So when I go to Dollar Trees in the city, I see them more frequently. And I have seen some really cool things. You know, recently I did a series where I tried their shrimp and their salmon and their steak and stuff like that. I think that it does integrate a lot of added variety for people who do their primary shopping at Dollar Tree. It might not always be the best overall cost of anything, but it does also allow freedoms. So, you know, if we're getting into the, the topic of the people with gluten intolerances, people with diabetes, to be able to go to Dollar Tree and buy a whole salmon filet gives them more meal options. Yeah, absolutely. And with those Dollar Tree Plus locations, is the food section much more robust because it's they're just dipping their toe in it here. So I haven't really seen how they've expanded the food section. They did expand the food section as far as like in uh, choices go, you know, you have ice cream and pizzas and like I said, salmon and shrimp and stuff like that. But they're not, they haven't increased their freezer sizes yet. So essentially, they've, they've reduced the inventory on the $1.25 items in order to integrate these three, four and $5 items, which to me is kind of a shame. It's, you know, it takes away some of that budget items to integrate some more high cost items. If they had done it while also expanding their freezer, so it didn't push away some of those low cost items, I think I would be a lot more receptive to it than replacing low cost items with high cost items. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about your channels and and what you're hoping to do in the future? No, not particularly. I'm just, I'm excited. It feels so surreal to be in this position now where I have this following and I don't know how to explain it. People come to my channel and look for new content on a daily basis. And I think that that's really cool that people look forward to hearing my voice and seeing my videos. And it all just feels surreal because it's only been over a year. So just over a year to go from zero to a million in 14 months is quite the process. Yeah, that's incredible. What Have you received a lot of good business advice from other content creators or, or have you not really sought out that advice? Honestly, I haven't really sought out that advice. I didn't grow on purpose. I grew on accident. So I, I can't offer advice on how to do it. I kind of fell into it by accident. I think that I grew because of my transparency, because of my integrity, because I don't want to be one of those people who goes back on their word or anything like that. I think that people see value in my content, which also helped me grow so quickly. But I, I wish I could unlock this secret formula to growth. Mine just kind of happened because of who I am and what I do. I think you did unlock the secret secret formula. I think you just showing up and being your authentic self and being transparent and people are just bought into it. And, you, you know, we can all identify with having to pinch our pennies a little bit harder and food is an easy way to do it. We all have to eat. It's necessary, but 
you know, you could, you can go out for a $400 dinner or you can make a dinner for $5 with watching your, your TikToks. Occasionally I get people who call me an influencer, which is, it's different for me because I don't consider myself an influencer because my channel is more so about making your budget work, living within your means. So if anything, I'm an anti-influencer. I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm just here to show you how to make it work. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that's part of the draw to your TikTok is that you are the anti-influencer. You are not, you know, hawk and bloom drink stuff that every other person (laughs) with 10 followers is doing. And I really, really appreciate that about about what you're doing and how you're growing your following on TikTok. Well, and it speaks a lot about me personally too. I'm I'm very technically speaking, I'm very like anti-marketing. I don't just go out and buy something because it's advertised to me. I will watch a video, I'll see something, I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. What do I have at home that I can already use? You know, how can I make this with what I've got? How can I avoid going to the store and buying something? I do that a lot with food too. If I see a recipe that I like, I look in my pantry, I look in my fridge, I look up various substitutions for things. I almost never make anything as it's written. I'm always trying to figure out how to make it work with what I've already got rather than going out and purchasing something. I think that's the the trick to cooking. We had talked before we started recording that your show is the cooking show I wish I had when I was like a broke single mom in my early 20s because I remember just telling my mom, I love watching Martha Stewart and all these other cooking shows, but I'm not going to go buy saffron and all these crazy ingredients. I just want basic hearty food that is affordable that I can feed to my family. And I think you have so beautifully done that and talked a lot about the substitutions and things you can use because that's what makes you a good cook and and be able to to make a, a meal. Yeah, being being flexible and being spontaneous. Yes. And I think it really makes cooking accessible to people. I I have two daughters that are almost adults now. And I always tell them, I'm like, you can't be an adult that doesn't know how to cook because you all know how to eat. We got to learn how to cook too and be able to make your food. And I think your channel is a great place for people who are just starting to dip their toe into cooking and independence to kind of learn what they can do. And cooking doesn't have to be complicated. I think that we've gotten to this point where there's so many people showing you all these really intricate recipes that use like 20 different ingredients. And it's easy to to get looped into thinking that that's what every meal should look like. But even in my recent where I'm doing this $35 eating for a week, it's it's sometimes just a can of soup over some white rice, you know, it's it's simple, it's cheap, and it's effective. Yeah. And so I have another question for you. So what is your advice to other anti-influencer creators who want to grow very organically like you and want to make sure you're accepting deals with the most aligned brands? I'm guessing that you've gotten a lot of offers to work with brands for decent money that you don't feel aligned with. You have a lot of conviction in your beliefs about that, but that's got to be hard when you see the dollar signs show up. How have you remained true to your mission and been able to turn down those offers? Honestly, it's because it's not me hard. It's it's hard, but it's not me. And at the end of the day, I don't want to make content that doesn't align with me or what I do. For example, I recently got an email from a company that makes a seasoning blend and like a jar of seasoning. And 
they had an offer and I asked them because I know that some of their products are available at Dollar Tree. And I said, is this particular one that you're promoting available at Dollar Tree? And they said no. And they gave me an offer and I thought about it and I went back to them and I said, I just don't see how I can make this fit into my content in a natural and organic way. So I had to politely decline it because I can't be like, oh, here's a Dollar Tree dinner, except for this one ingredient that you have to go purchase somewhere else. I'm not a dollar sign chaser because it's just not who I am and not who I've ever been. And I don't want to change just because it's available. I have so much respect for that, Rebecca. And I think you're going (laughs) tons of places and the holding out and waiting for the right brands is going to pay off. And your fans are amazing too. I've seen you respond to some comments of people that have been less than positive. And you always respond in such a professional manner. But overall, it seems like your followers are really, really supportive. Have you felt that way as well? I do. I do. It's it's hard as someone who has their face and their name and everything on social media to see past the negative. You know, I would say the like three to 5% of my comments are negative and the other 95 to 97% are great. And it's, it's sometimes easy to really hang on to those negative comments about you and what you do, but the 97 matters, not the three, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. I really appreciate you being on the show. We'll have it in the show notes, all of your social media links, but is there anything you'd like to share before we sign off? No, I'm just Dollar Tree Dinners on TikTok and on YouTube. Maybe at some point I'll branch out into other social medias, but for now, those are the ones I'm most comfortable with and I enjoy making content for those. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your time today, Rebecca. We really appreciate it and we'll be watching you grow and can't wait to see what you do with Dollar Tree Dinners. Thank you so much. Off the Beaten Career Path podcast is a Lit Path Studios production and is produced by Jamie Gale and Katie Myers. Music is by Sasha Gray and Pond5. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and share it to your social media. Remember, your career path is up to you to create. Keep exploring, keep pushing boundaries, and keep blazing your own trail.